Hey everyone, my name is Kelvin, and this is Elevate Retake. Glad to be with you starting another fresh series here with Elevate. We finished our Radical Faith series in the life of Elisha, and now we are jumping into the New Testament, into the book of Matthew, to, to check out the Sermon on the Mount. We'll be here for quite a few weeks, so stay with us. Today on the podcast, we're talking about the latest message, which is called You Have Heard, and it's under the umbrella of the series Righteousness by Heart. It's based in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 48. We jump into Deuteronomy later, but we have two guests here in studio. My name is Karen Covarrubias. My name is Jose Fermin Vargas. And having a fantastic conversation of what this righteousness by heart kind of looks like and how we should be loving people. We unpack that and a whole lot more. So let's dive right into it. Thanks for listening to Elevate Retake. New series. We just finished yes. um, our, our, our Radical Faith series uh, with the life of Elisha, and we are jumping into a very long series mm-hmm. uh, that's going to take us through Christmas, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Up until Oh, Christmas. sorry. Up until we start, Christmas. We stop right before Christmas. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And um, before we get into the conversation of this past week's message, I want to, since we have the the speaker here with us, um, whoever that guy is, um, give me kind of your really quickly your idea behind the name of the series, behind why you wanted to push this series for the next 11, 12 weeks. Sure. So uh, we just finished up a another series, which should be coming out on the podcast very soon, or some of it has and some of it will, called Infinite Hope. Uh, we did an online kind of evangelism um, front that really focused on Jesus and his perspective of the Beatitudes found in Matthew chapter five, the Sermon on the Mount, kind of the kingdom ethics and the coming of God and all that kind of stuff. And uh, as we were studying that out, I was one of the speakers for that uh, along with a couple of my colleagues. Um, I was actually sitting in this room where we recorded the podcast, um, talking with Jonathan Coker about the Sermon on the Mount. And we're just kind of processing, like, how do we talk about the Beatitudes? Uh, and he, we were just talking about it and we were like, what is the sermon on the Mount all about? And he says, it's about righteousness by heart. Mm -hmm. God's after transformation of the heart. Um, there's so much more, there's deeper meaning behind the law and how the the kingdom of God is set up. And he's like, it's righteousness by heart. And it's like, ah, that's really beautiful language. Uh, and so I co-opted that for this series and said like, Mm -hmm. that's it. That's the title right there. And I wanted to take some time. We spent uh, an entire kind of half week, Wednesday through Sabbath, looking at the Beatitudes from Matthew chapter five. And it didn't feel right to just do that as a one-off and not continue the conversation. So in a lot of ways, it's kind of follow up to our discussion on the Beatitudes, um, which will be out on this podcast feed along with the Infinite Hope podcast feed coming out very, very soon. That's right. Um, Links in the description for... (laughs) All that fun stuff. Got to plug it. Just cute. Uh, yeah, just uh, <laughs> PR plug right there. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the the inspiration behind it. So it's it's looking at Jesus' kingdom ethic in the Sermon on the Mount and how we have righteousness by heart. Mm. That's very cool. I want to ask our guests here. Um, when you saw the title Righteousness by Heart, I don't think we hear that because we always think of righteousness by you know faith or works or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you saw the title, what jumped out to you? What was like your first thought? I think for me... What was my first thought is kind of like the intentionality that it requires to be righteousness, not only by faith, by what you believe in, but then the source of righteousness being from the heart. 
Mm. So kind of like, okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know it was gonna be for the Beatitudes, but it's kind of like it makes sense now. Mm. Now that I know that it was the Beatitudes, it, it does make sense because mm. what Jesus was preaching was something from from the heart. Like it was, it was a culture that he was trying to uh, trying to create in that moment where it was like a culture that would not only be here but in heaven as well. Mm. So trying to get us to live um, in a heavenly culture here on earth. And that, I think that was a beautiful part about it. For me, I just found it very interesting because something that I've always struggled with is the idea of the word righteousness. Like, what does it mean? It's such a heavy, a heavy word. There's so much that is beneath the word righteousness. So just thinking about it, righteousness by heart. Righteousness is like... I don't know how to put it. The closest thing to divine, mm. I would say. So like how you said, righteousness by faith is is one of the most popular things that is mentioned in the Bible. So whenever I heard righteousness by heart, I was like, hmm, I've never thought of it that way. So it was, it was something that just was very intriguing, something that you know, kind of popped up a lot of questions in my head, like, okay, like, what does this mean? Like, I want to know more. I want to know more, especially after the Infinite Hope series. Um, It was very powerful, and I know it really struck a very personal, deep meaning in my life. Mm. And so whenever it was mentioned that is going to be like an ongoing um, series, I was like, yes, (laughs) yes, I want to know more. So I am very excited. I don't know what righteousness by heart means, but I am very excited to know what it means. Mm-hmm. When Coker hit you with that line, what'd you think? Um, I initial reaction was like, "That's it. There you go. That's the thing." Oh. Um, because sometimes it just feels right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was, it was just that feeling. I th- I think for me it was looking at how Jesus kind of lays out the the ethics of the kingdom and particularly the verses that we're going to be looking at today, where it's like, "You've heard it said, but then I say to you, there's this deeper meaning." And he's after a transformation of your heart and Mm -hmm. how righteousness is born out in our lives is through that transformation of the heart. And so it just, it clicked and I'm excited to unpack that and explore that with our community in the coming weeks. In the message, I think there were two very key um, moments, two very key points that that, mm. that you had out there. And the first one was kind of when Jesus was talking about the law at the beginning. And you said God is interested in loyalty, not legalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know what you guys thought about those two words. Is there, even in a practical sense, is there anything that like those words go together? Um, are they very separate? What do you guys think? I think th- they could look the same. They could look the same, almost the same as. Okay, you know, explain. If if, uh, if you're legalistic, then it's like you know you're following something. You believe in something so much, where it's like you truly believe that that's how everyone should live life. So and it seems like you're loyal. Exactly. It seems like you're loyal. It seems like you're you're faithful to 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 this art, to this law, 
um, all all the, the the specificities of it and and all the the, the, the dots and everything, um, even to the very letter of the law, as Jesus said. But it's funny how Jesus says that the very letter of the law, it can't be fulfilled or even can't be um, followed if you're just like the Pharisees. But if God transform, if God transform your desires, then He transforms your life mm. because He yeah. transforms the way that you live life. Yeah. So now it, it goes beyond just a transaction where it's like check note: I worshipped on the Sabbath. I didn't get a tattoo. I never drink alcohol. <laughs> I never, you know, all these things. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. legalistic and and I I'm loyal, but it's like God is not. That's not what God wants mm -hmm. because it's all these. I do, I do, I do, and not what he does, he does, he does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's this, it's this image that it's the difference between my God and the real Jesus. Mm. Yeah, legalistic or legalism can be really related to loyalty um, in others' people's perspectives, but I think there's a huge difference because, like you're saying, legalistic is like a related to you know checking off a checklist like oh like i'm doing everything right by doing this and this following god's commandments whereas loyalty is a per is like on a personal level it comes down to what i believe in and it comes down to a very emotional and personal level through the law of god is where true transformation is found and is something that i'm experiencing right now i'm on this crazy journey <laughs> and i find it really interesting this series that we're on because mm. it's really related to the journey that i'm on right now which mm. is just really trying to find out about like what's beneath the surface of the scriptures and mm -hmm. i i love it because it's just really making me want to know more thirsting more that thirst for transformation that thirst for god should always be there mm. no matter what uh i don't know we were talking about this maybe three or four weeks ago the moment you get contempt where you are things can tend yeah. to go mm -hmm. uh kind of astray yeah. Yeah. yeah um as uh as we were listening to the message i was my dad was sitting next to me and uh right after the first 15 20 minutes he turns to me and he says does this not remind you of the rich young ruler where he came to Jesus and Jesus, you know, said, hey, have you kept the commandments? He's like, yeah, I've done this, 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 and mm. this. And then he kind of asked for that loyalty. Mm. And that's when he was like, mm, yeah. nah, that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to stick with what I got. Um, so I think the, the difference to kind of keep uh, yeah. hitting the, the point on the head here, legalism is right doing without relationship. Yes. Mm. Yeah, because the problem is not the right doing; yeah. it's the minus relationship. Mm. Yeah. And loyalty is within a relationship, yeah. mm. and the relationship produces the right doing. But oftentimes we think that, oh, if I just do the right thing, mm. then I'll have the right relationship. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and you can have a significant other or spouse and do all the right things, mm -hmm. but still not have a relationship with that person. And we'll talk about this just in a second, but we've, we've kind of mentioned a God r running for our heart. That's kind of what he's after. Everything comes and is transformed after he, he's able to reach your heart. And the, the question that I, that I thought of um, as I was listening was, what if our well went deeper instead of wider? Hmm. And Jesus kind of telling us the same thing. And I thought about it when I, he was talking about the Pharisees and... I think their well was very wide. They had a lot of knowledge and they had a lot of 
they knew all the laws and they knew the entire first five books of the Bible by mm. word and they knew a bunch of stuff so they could brag about that stuff. But how like how deep was their well mm. with God? Um, mm. And so when it comes to this, and, and I, th- I think God would rather our, our well be much deeper and us have our hearts transformed like both of you guys were just talking about than to know a bunch of stuff and, oh, yeah, I've got all this checked marked and I know all this and I've memorized 18,000 verses than, than to not have that like transformation relationship with God. Um, after this, we, we the, the message went on to kind of talk about six different topics that Jesus hits mm-hmm. um, right after this. And I think he does them on purpose, and I think he did them in the correct order yeah. as well. If, mm-hmm. if you read about it, he goes, yeah. anger, adultery, divorce, revenge, and then boom, love your enemies. Love. Yep. Um, <laughs> all of these culminate into one thing, which is love, which was thrown out there at the end of the message. Mm-hmm. All of these case studies, I love the words you use there, I've never seen it that way, have to do with people, all of them. Um, and at the end, we must love our enemies. So let me throw the question, what are some things that maybe, I'll, I'll throw two here, figure out how you want to answer them. Um, that's the that's the perk about being a guest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What are some things that maybe hold us back from loving the way that we do in 2021? Mm. And what are some things that maybe we unintentionally hold back God from transforming our heart? If those are two completely unrelated questions, then answer them unrelatedly, I guess is the word. Um, But I'll repeat them. What are some things that hold us back from loving the way that we need to here in 2021? I think we're afraid that it might transform somebody. Mm. Okay, explain. Oh, wow. So I, I think we might be concerned that the gospel will actually do what the gospel is supposed to do. Okay. Yeah. And what I mean by that, let's talk about racism. Let's talk about the LGBTQ community. Let's talk about um, uh, social justice. Let's talk about wow. the Me Too movement. Any of those areas, there could potentially be people that are shunned from our communities because they don't act the same way that we do. They may not be oriented the same way. They don't have the identity that we do. Mm. And could we be afraid that the gospel actually transform their lives? Mm. But then Mm. they, the gospel won't necessarily transform their lives to mirror our life. Mm. 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 Yeah. Because I think we're fine and well when the gospel transforms somebody and they share a similar experience that we do. But when you can see that the gospel's transformed their life, but it hasn't done it in the way that you think it's supposed to, I think we're afraid of that. We are afraid of just giving into God because that completely uh scares and i talk from experience like that completely scares where it's like now i'm reaching outside of my 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 comfort zone and now i have to give it all to god Mm -hmm. and so it's like now i have to give also not only not only my present not only my academics but also the the kid that no one knows um i also have to give the the sin that no one knows I also have to give the life that no one knows but God. I have to give everything to God. And it's funny because we wrestle with God 
even though he knows us the best, yeah. even yeah. better than ourselves. So yeah. it almost seems like, why wouldn't we give ourselves to God? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's that structure of control that sometimes we don't we don't love to give. And mm -hmm. I think that I think all the time we don't like to give. Um, it's like, you know, I remember I remember that I when I entered the church, at least I was like, I would say that I I was self-righteous. Cause that's that's the way that I learned Christianity was, where it's like you know you have to be rigid and and you have to be uh, legalistic to to worship God and and you would look upon other people and you're like, well, they're not better than me, yeah, because they're not following the same God, and I think that it came to a point where it was just like every time that I would get a spiritual high, I would say, what else do I have to do? Uh -huh. And mm. it's almost I was just like, and now that I look at that, it's like the antidote to perfection and i heard this yesterday it's funny the antidote to perfection is acceptance acceptance uh accepting mm. that i'm per i'm imperfect accepting that yes i'm a sinner yes i'm dirty yes i i i, I have these issues and so it's it's funny because we act as if uh we're not that dirty we are sinners but 90 i'm I'm only like we're not as bad. We're yeah. not as bad, <laughs> yeah. right? We we're we're bad, but we're not as bad. Mm -hmm. And so it's like it, it's funny because the culture that at least I come from in in the church aspect, in my experience, is like it's not open. People aren't confessing uh, that they are broken, mm -hmm. that Jesus did lead out in their life, and so it's almost like no one opens up, no one mm -hmm. uh, no one uh, has a has a testimony, no one. Uh, has ever been through anything because God has always been good, mm -hmm. and so it, it almost it almost leads us to to wonder and also not only to wonder but to to perceive that if your life is going you know down a dumpster fire that God is bad. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's like we never we never understand it and we never know it, and so it's almost like we we want to stay in our comfort comfort spot. Yeah. And we don't want to give it all to God. And so that's why I feel like these messages like this that target the heart, um, that actually, you know, target target the heart is transformational. Yeah. But we leave it so 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 uh so minimized in our transaction throughout our life. And and so I feel like I feel like it's that. I feel like it's fear to give give God what 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 is his. Growing up I lived in a household of first-generation Adventists. So, I mean, you can imagine it was really hard to view God in the way that he says he is. Um, a lot of those lists were present in my childhood where, you know, you can't wear this, you can't talk like this, you can't do this. Um, and it just kind of really messed up my point of view of who God was. Mm. And so that is something that I struggle with now, just accepting who he says he is, who he says I am, um, accepting that he's he's good, he's loving, he's kind, merciful, all that all that good stuff. Because um, I also did have uh, a difficult relationship with my father where um, growing up, you know, I would view my father, then view God, and be like, okay, if this is how God is, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's it's really hard to view God in that way where I'm living in a household with, with my father and, and where it's not the most positive place or relationship to have. So 
something that I really struggled with was accepting God for who he says he is and accepting that I don't have to check all of these things off for him to love me mm-hmm. or to see me as valuable or, you know, all of that. It was really hard to accept that because that's not how I grew up. And just really knowing that God is after my own heart mm-hmm. and as sinful as I am and as dirty and just always like we're not perfect, just yep. imperfect and broken as we are and as I am, like God looks at us and he's like, I I still want you. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it it reminds me yeah. of um I saw this short film of this teacher um showing his students this analogy of this twenty dollar bill where he mm. like crumbles it yep. um in a ball and then he's like, yeah. Do you still want this twenty dollar bill? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I want it, I want it. And then he's like, okay. So then he throws it on the ground and steps on it. And he's like, do you still want it? And they're like, yeah, (laughs) duh, of course. (laughs) And then he's like, this is how God views us. Yeah. Mm. Like, just because we are messy and broken, trampled on, and just we have all these bumps and bruises and Mm. textured hearts, whatever. He looks at us and still says, I don't care. You're still valuable and I'm Mm -hmm. still going to die for you. And I'm still going to love you despite what you've done, despite what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we'll never be in a place where we're going to be fully content or we're like, okay, like I'm doing all these good things Mm -hmm. and God is viewing me and other people are viewing me as like this high, you know, just our perspective of how we're supposed to look like is never going like we're never going to exceed it we're never going to get there because we're going to continue failing and failing Mm -hmm. and if we hold ourselves up to that high expectation of where we're supposed to be we're just going to continue to fail and Mm. we're going to disappoint ourselves but whenever we give our high expectation to god and we're just like okay god like i'm messed up and i'm broken and i'm really struggling with my own expectation of who I'm supposed to be for you. Like, mm-hmm. please, like, take this away and mm. transform me. That's where true transformation and true righteousness mm-hmm. is found. That's because good. God, he views that. And then he's just like, okay, like, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yep. And we just end up being surprised. And, yeah, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing. I think uh, I think sometimes we believe there must be a transaction in order to be transformed. Yeah. Hmm. I flipped your I flipped your point. No, <laughs> I was I like, it's it. like I was thinking. Yeah. I, I think sometimes we think that there's a bunch of stuff we have to do in order to be transformed, but we Ooh, forget. That's, that's good, man. That's we forget good. that. That's a sermon. Like you pointed at the end of <laughs> of the message, yeah. we forget that grace exists. Yep. Yeah. And that. His grace and love are already available to us, ready to transform. Mm, um, I'm going to actually read a couple the last verses you read at at the end of the message in Deuteronomy uh, 6, verses 4 through 6. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is your God and the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you. Uh, When I think of... God transforming heart and going after a heart. I think of a Dave. I think of David, a, a man 
after God's own heart, kind mm-hmm. of flipped around. But he wasn't perfect, um, but he was always after God's heart, yeah. always yeah. asking God to transform, mm-hmm. even in the massive mistakes and failures that he had in his life. Yeah. He's still known as a man after God's own heart. I don't think God is always looking for smart brains. I think he's always looking for willing hearts mm-hmm. to be transformed, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to read one more verse here that I found, and then I'm going to ask a, a quick question to wrap up here. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, Solomon says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Yeah. And I think that was a perfect way to to kind of wrap up this idea that God is going after our heart, how just important it is what's what's in our heart and how much we let him in and transform uh, everything that's there because what comes out of your heart is it's kind of who you are. Uh, mm-hmm. Last question here. What does God... Oh, close my <laughs> iPad right as a question. <laughs> what does letting God transform your heart look like to you? I think that um, it's so easy. Like, we want it so easy that, you know, if I keep these commandments or if I live or if I go to church, then let me, you know, have salvation. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's so easy because it's like all I have to do is just do something and then check and then I mm-hmm. get love. But it's mm-hmm. like to in order to accept it, you have to first admit that you don't have it all together. Yeah. You have to first, you know, give yourself to God completely. And that means exposing yourself to all that you that you have in your heart that you're carrying that's so heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's the that's the most um challenging part for other people. It's so easy to to give love, but in order to receive it, mm-hmm. um, it's mm-hmm. difficult. Like you yeah. see so many people nowadays where they 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 give, you know, they give and they give and they give, but in order for them to receive it, that's a pra- That's something that they have to practice yeah. too, where it's difficult. And I think that in order to for us to just flow um, and increase in a deeper relationship with God, it involves just accepting that grace, accepting that is there, accepting that I don't have to do anything, that I don't do anything. And, and it's so cool that um, Ephesians, how Paul in Ephesians, Ephesians 2, where it talks about grace, where Paul just says like twice, I remember that it's not of you, it's not your works, but it's of God. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the gift of God, mm-hmm. but it's not for you, so you can boast. But if you boast about something, then boast about the grace of God. Yeah. So yeah. it's like something that's not of you, mm-hmm. and accept it, and accept it. And I think that it's interesting how in the beginning it says that you guys were all sinners, but God. Yeah. But God had mercy, and and God had this, and God had had this kindness, this love. And so in order for us to accept, we have to first see God as a merciful father. Yeah. But that's the disconnect with this uh, this society right now where it's yep. like we can't see God as a good father because my experience is different from what mm-hmm. I've been telling. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a disconnect because it's like what happened with Job. And it's like, well, I knew that God was good, but I just lost my whole family. Yeah. yeah. So is God good or, or is God <laughs> not good? And so yeah. I think that that's it. Accepting that God is good always at any time. Yeah. And right now, especially that he could help you with any problem, the, the deep desire and the deep hole in your heart. Mm-hmm. That's what God is reaching out for. Not just the heart, not just the, the effort that you put on Sabbath, yeah. not just your tithes, but the deep intimacy, the deep hole that, that you want someone to fill or fulfill or would, however you're fulfilling that that or however you're trying to fulfill that hole in your heart that's 
where God wants to be, yeah. you know, and, and heal that in your heart. Yeah. I think for me, how does, how does God transform my heart? What does that look like? Uh, I think that looks like me being uncomfortable because yeah. I, my heart's going to want to go a different direction and I've got to yeah. let God lean into that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that looks like, I really resonated Jose with what you said about, um, acceptance yeah. versus perfectionism and yeah. to say, okay, here's uh, here's here's where I'm starting from and accepting that and let God work that out in my life. Um, we can so easily try to bargain with God. Yeah. I think anytime we bargain for transformation, we just get a cheap alternative. Because yeah. um, we say, oh God, like we do my 30 minutes this morning in the word and then <laughs> I get my daily transformation and God just yeah. says, I just want to sit with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it might be 30 minutes today, but tomorrow might be five. And the next day <laughs> might be two hours, you know, yeah. it's just, I just, I just want to be with you. So I, I think for me, it looks like, um, embracing a God who's, who's present in my life and, uh, love it and, uh, willing to, to walk with me uh, every step of the way. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Elevate Retake. Of course, I'm your host, Kelvin. Glad that you were able to join us for this conversation. Hope you gained a better understanding of what Jesus meant when he was talking about the law and this concept of righteousness by heart. We'll be unpacking this for a, wa- for a long time, a few weeks, matter of fact. And so stay with us, and uh, we'll unpack this together as a church family. You can connect with us through Instagram in the link in the description, as well as leave us a voice message. Above all else... We are seeking here to build a thoughtful community through podcasting, and we're so grateful that you are here. If you liked what you heard today or challenged you to think in a different way, consider sharing this episode with a family or a friend. We want to grow our family here at Elevate Retake. My name is Kelvin, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Elevate Retake.